Hey, you said you were gonna ask me questions. And that's when you get to say hello. This is gonna be a shit nerd. Alright. Hello there. Welcome to the Fuckers Great Lemonade Podcast. Welcome to a special episode of Bucklesbury Lemonade, the podcast where we dive deep into cold cases that continue to perplex and haunt us. I'm your host, Lisa, with my loving and sweet husband, Tim, and today we have a chilling tale that was originally brought to light by a Reddit poster over seven years ago. A big shout out to you now. Zero W for sparking our interest in this mysterious and unsettling series of unsolved mysteries. And thank you, my lovely wife. It all began when you slash now Zero W started researching cold cases from Virginia Beach. Spanning the years of 1973 to 1986. Shockingly, these cases seem to be linked by a common thread, a potential serial killer who's went unnoticed for far too long. Let's explore the cold cases. I agree. Let's start with June 30th, 1973. Lynn Seaton and Janice Petrol. How do you say it, honey? I don't want to butcher them. The, yeah. No pun intended. Yeah, it's. Uh, I believe it to be Patropola. Janice Patropola. Okay, thank guys, you. Guys, if, if we have um, not pronounced that correctly, we do apologize. Please. They were both 19 years old, white women. They were visiting Virginia Beach from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and they were staying close to the ocean front at Ferrer's Motel on 10th Street and Atlantic Avenue. And this motel was made up of single small cottages. Their bodies were discovered by a motel employee on Sunday the 30th after failing to check out at noon. They had stayed there for about a week and had planned to leave that day. They were both strangled and beaten about the upper body. Lynn had her throat slashed and was shot twice in the head. Janice was S.A. and and shot in the head three times. They were reportedly found in separate rooms. The cottage was not ransacked, but there had been signs of a struggle. Can you imagine? But you know, this... Right, right off the bat, that makes me wonder. We know they were traveling together. They were together. They knew each other. 
But why would they be in in different rooms? I guess different rooms meaning the cottage itself. Like maybe the cottage. That's how it was set up. I mean, I don't know. We hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen pictures of it back then or anything. Unless have you dug up any old pictures or anything? No, I've got some pictures of the actual um, place uh, that'll be in the roll through as we do this. But oh, okay. I guess initially, I'm thinking in the cottage, I, I'm thinking she was found in another cottage, but the, the reality of it is she was in another room of that yeah. same cottage. So then you got to ask yourself, too, you know, nobody heard bullets, nobody heard gunshots. But how close, I wonder how close the cottages were to each other. Cottages are, are spaced apart, but I mean, uh, that's, they're not too far. It's an earshot. Wonder why that, nobody heard anything. I don't know. That, and that's just one thing that that you you know, as we delve into this and a lot of this come out, you know, there's some speculation as we read down through the notes, um, as we go down further, maybe this was a a college study in the military because of all the military bases that are around. Yeah. And back then, you know, <clears throat> Sellers would would go out on and then come back in to port, and they could be gone two or three months at a time, and that could explain some of the the, the gaps that we have here. Yeah, but it doesn't really necessarily explain why no nobody heard these gunshots. No, that is uh, that is mm, yeah. Not unless, well, it says it was in the early morning hours. People asleep, you guess? Maybe. Could be a good explanation, because, you know, when I go out, I don't usually hear anything. Yes, it says they were last seen around 11.30 the night before, 11.30 p.m. They apparently returned to their cottage and were estimating to have estimated to have been killed in the early morning. Janice was five foot seven, around 115 pounds, with blue eyes, long brown hair. Lynn was five two, 142 pounds, with brown eyes and long brown hair. And and that's something else that makes you wonder too, because as as we go through these cases, you're going to see he's got a type. He's got a type, and they're petite. You know, so very petite and very is, yeah, very. So I guess that maybe that was by design. Uh, it could very well have been. And, you know, one thing that, that we'll touch on, I guess we'll touch on it a little bit later. We do know that there's a um, Colonial Parkway um, serial killer or serial killers that plagued certain parts of Virginia during the, the 80s as well. And so there has been some speculation. Could this all been tied in? I don't know, but in doing research for this, there's some speculation that there could have been several serial killers at large in Virginia around this time, between the 70s to the early 90s. There's something this poster on Reddit has made clear, and I, I've come in to do research. We know now, too, is clear. I mean, back then, they didn't. you didn't hear a lot about these. 
it's like the police didn't want to put it out there no and and that's very unfortunate and it looks like too the the, the police finally owned up and, and said you know hey we may have a a serial killer at work but two you know lack of communication i mean you 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 know back in the 70s when you picked up a phone to make a phone call you had a party line there may be other people talking on the phone technology is just not as fast-paced um now i mean then as it is now but i, I will say one thing if you want to find some good detectives and and i know we might get some flack for this but reddit uh web sleuth places like that you got some people who put in some serious research so let's just say right now our hats off to all of you armchair detectives because you guys have, have been busy and you've solved a lot of things so very true very true all right so that's June 30th. That happened in 1973 on June 30th. And then I'll go into the next one, which happened July, or excuse me, June 23rd, 1974. So it's almost like you got a pattern around the times as well. But mm-hmm. Beverly Christensen, or Christ Christensen. Christensen. 24-year-old white female. She was found July 23rd. June. June 23rd. She'd been strangled and stabbed in her apartment on the 200 or the 2500 block of Arctic Avenue. The apartment complex was located just 15 blocks away from the cottage where Lynn C. Taylor and Janice Patropula had been murdered almost a full year before. Beverly was last seen that afternoon, uh, the previous afternoon. She had blue eyes, blonde hair, 5'5", 150 pounds. And and, and she says she found almost no information about her case other than the aforementioned information on the city website's cold case files. Yeah, there's very little about her at all. But uh, interestingly, June 23rd, 1974, um, the first Lynn C. Taylor and Janice uh, Papatropola, June 30th, 1973. So almost a year, almost a almost a year to the day, uh, this happened. I find it ironic that she's the next one, Beverly, 15 blocks away from the cottage. Yeah, I know. And you know, some people can say, "Well, hey." 15 blocks is, is a lot. I, I get that. But anybody that's ever been to Virginia Beach, you walk everywhere. Or you used to walk everywhere. Yeah. And you know yourself from walking all over where everywhere when you were younger. What's 15 blocks? We used, I used to walk everywhere in my neighborhood. My neighborhood, I don't know how many blocks. I mean, it was, I would walk everywhere. And you know where I lived, and I walked from my house to the end of the neighborhood to go to the swimming pool. I mean, it was not, it was nothing to go. Yeah. So. so but then, then we go. Are we, are we done here? Um, yeah, but again, you know, you go back to, um, again, she, she kind of fits the, 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 MO, 
you know? Oh, she does. She's, um, look at her, her build. I mean, she's petite. And I just, I just Googled it while we were sitting here talking, you know, 15 blocks, um, is, is not quite a mile. It's almost a mile. And so, you know, I hate it for these girls. This is horrible. It is. And guys, the other thing too, when we do podcasts like this, we are not in any effort making, uh, an effort to glorify a serial killer or a murderer. No, we're trying to bring to light the the victims. We want whoever has done this. We want justice for the victims. So, I mean, that's that's what this podcast is really all about. And in fifteen blocks, and that's that's kind of too. That's very close. I mean, you you're you're not quite. Let's round up. Let's just say a mile. You're a mile from the the cottage where the first two were killed and we know from doing research and reading and things like that serial killers like to stick to a certain area mm-hmm. you know and um that's that's what happened here so now we're up to january 24th 1977 you want to talk about that one yeah she didn't arrive for work at at the restaurant and judy, um, judy ann sylvester is who we're talking about yeah I'm sorry. I was getting ready to do that. <laughs> Smarty pants. You go right ahead, my dear. You are in control. <laughs> you remember that? I do remember. <laughs> I am she did not arrive at work at the restaurant in Virginia Beach on January 24th and has not been seen or heard from since. She lived in an apartment in the northern part of the city. And it is not mentioned whether or not she had a vehicle because she had a road, often rode her bike, though it was reportedly found in her apartment by her boyfriend, who lived there for some time after she vanished. It is unclear if he had been living there prior to that. Hmm. Now she was a 22-year-old white woman with blue eyes and long brown hair and was very petite, 5 foot, 5 foot 1, and hundred between 100 and 110 pounds. Her nickname was, I guess, Jaw, and she was wearing a handmade necklace when she disappeared. Unfortunately, like the others, others so far, there are not many details available so that goes to show you if they'd have gathered enough I mean they could have seen but there's such a long look how far um 74 to 77 well not too far because June to January maybe two well, you got a, a three-year gap from 1974 to 1977. And then but, he picks up pace. <laughs> he picks up pace. But, but let's go back and, and see, this is the hard part, okay? How do you go about figuring out the naval ships that were in and out of port during this time? Could this person have been in the Navy, um, committed these murders in port um in in the early part of the 70s in in 73 
and then had a, had been out to sea and then comes back and now here we are in 1977 with Judy Ann Sylvester and you know you you keep we keep going back to it um we keep talking about them being so petite but you notice the age of them too she um is 22 Judy Ann Sylvester whereas the the first two Lynn C. Taylor and Janice Patropola, they were both 19. And as far as Beverly, do we, did we find an age on her? Beverly, I thought, yeah. no, I don't know. No, we don't, we don't really know how old, or she was 24 years old. So, so far she's the oldest. Yeah. So at 24. But still, that's not old at yeah, all. That's not old at all. Um, the boyfriend was never treated as a as a suspect um at all uh, no and um i don't know about that one i mean this one could be the work of a serial killer it could be completely unrelated yeah because um, it looks like who the serial killer in question um likes to leave she's, not, she's been disappeared and hadn't been seen or she could have just took off she could have I I feel like that that's not the case though. I mean, I don't think so either. This could be the work of another individual who had been watching her ride her her bike. Could have been the work of a boyfriend who wanted her apartment. <laughs> I, you never know. I'm joking too because I do not want the boyfriend to target me and sue me because I have nothing. Sixteenth, <laughs> same year. Same year, 1977. Lorraine Zimmerman. Lorraine Zimmerman. Lorraine was last seen living in a nightclub in Virginia Beach with an unidentified man. Her body was discovered late that same December in 77, 100 miles north of Tapajal. No, excuse me. Go ahead. Okay, okay, late. Never mind. Okay, so she... He she stole she, it happened in July and she was not um discovered until December. December. Mm -hmm. Okay. A hundred. She was discovered a hundred miles north in Tappahannock, Virginia. She also was twenty four years old, originally from Seattle, Washington, and was temporarily staying with friends in Norfolk. Uh, she was known to hitchhike, which almost everybody did in the seventies. Yes. Um, her father described her as a girl who knew no fear. There's almost no information about her either, um, except for an old newspaper article that we was managed to be dug up on another site, Web Sleuths. Um, she's an outlier among these cases due to her body being found so far away, but she's being included in this. This is what the the Reddit poster is saying. Because of her age, habit of hitchhiking, and being in the similar time frame, so that I find that interesting too, because she's definitely in that time frame. And yeah, she's got a lot of the same. Yep. Yeah. But you now know, we. Well, go ahead. You, you've got all those bases there, though. I mean. What's the proximity between that and another base? You know what I mean? 
I don't know. I mean, excuse me. Just got so much there. I mean, this could be related. I mean, but that that is a serious break in the way that they do things, though. Mm-hmm. That really is. But then we have Miss Barbara Jean Monaco. It's a disappearance. One, give me one second. I'm, um, okay. But I, I did want to point out, too, um, since we're talking about naval bases, there is one in Norfolk. Okay. So how do we know? I mean, that's Italian. That is. That really is. I mean, how how do we know that that's not the point? You know, we don't know. We do not know. Yeah. Because now, you know, go back to we teach these men and now men and women, what do we teach them to do to go and kill? And when we bring them back, that's all they know to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's amazing to me. But when you pull this up and and get the digging in this, um, you've got a, a a base in Portsmouth, Virginia. Ports of Portsmouth, Virginia is not that far from Norfolk. It's not that really that far from Virginia Beach either. I you've didn't got, know that. You've got a base in Norfolk. Um, Dalgren, I hope I didn't mispronounce that. Um, Fort Story, uh, which uh, is located alongside the Chesapeake Bay and Virginia Beach. Then you've got the NACS Oceana. So, you know, what if that's just where this killer it? You know how we always come up with our own little theories before we do this podcast, and mine is obviously I I think this was a Navy guy, okay? Yeah. And I don't know somebody with a, a broader education of of how going into port and leaving port would know better than I do. Um, but how do you know that this guy wasn't in port in Norfolk at this point in time? That's true. I mean, it's it's just something to to think about. No, I agree. I so, agree. I, I'm not saying I kind of am leaning your way. And then, like you said, we go for in time to August twenty third, nineteen seventy eight, and you were getting ready to go in to talk about Barbara Jean Monaco. So go ahead. And her older sister, they were vacationing in Virginia Beach. For the week, for a week in August of 78, they were visiting from Derby, Connecticut for her, for Barbara's 18th birthday, just days before. And they were staying at the Aloha Hotel. Oh, I'd had to stay there. (laughs) My love for Hawaii. Yeah, the Aloha. Yes, on 15th Street. And on the evening of the 22nd, they went to the Country Comfort Bar on Pacific Avenue. And they said a man at the bar was pestering Barbara, trying to get her to go out with him by telling her he had a yacht, but she declined. 
and she left her sister at 1 a.m. on the morning of the 23rd to walk six blocks away to another bar called Peabody's, where she was planning to meet up with a bartender, but she'd never arrived. She's not been seen or heard from again, aside from alleged sightings of her getting into a car on Pacific Avenue with four to five men inside. That's scary. That's so that, scary. Yep. And another source gives a different account in which Barbara left her sister at their hotel room planning to go walk to buy cigarettes and never returned. Yeah, I, I find that odd, too, that you've got two accounts on this one. Um, that, that's that's what, what I find kind of interesting. I do. Um, in doing the research, she had recently been diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And that's a neurological disorder that can cause paralysis. Oh, um, and you know, in one of our other podcasts, when we were talking about Blanche Taylor Moore, um, that's also a, a yeah a symptom of arsenic poisoning. Exactly. Yeah, that's so, right. Let me get. You think she was poisoned there? No, hopefully. Okay, I, I was getting ready to say. <laughs> but um, the the thing that that is interesting here, when you you go back to and and you were getting ready to read read through that and i'll let well, you go ahead and do that but um about the her, her when her family offered a ten thousand dollar reward yeah leading for the information to find her dead or alive an informant named condor said he had been present while she was essayed and murdered by four men on the night she vanished he alleged that she was abducted from Pacific Avenue, forced into a sedan, driven to a cottage on a lake near the Oceana Naval Air Force Base. Monaco's Charlie Project page says Oceana, Virginia. But the only place with that name is the base, which is in the city of Virginia Beach, killed and then dumped in a lake. It is not specific whether or not it was the same lake. The lake was dragged, and while police did not find a cinder block with a rope tied to it, no remains were recovered. When authorities told the man that he he would not receive immunity for his role in the crimes, he stopped cooperating. And they know the subjects' names, and Barbara's family believes the story is true, but there is apparently not enough evidence to make any arrest, and her body has never been found. That's, um, again, okay, so let's say that that happened just the way that it happened. Uh-huh. That makes, that makes sense, okay? It does make sense. It, it makes perfect sense. And we do know um, in doing research on this, um, there are statistics that say when a person is on vacation, they their guard goes way, way down. And they, yeah. may, they may engage in behavior they normally wouldn't have. Um, at home, yeah. Um, would you go walk to the store for a pack of cigarettes? Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. But 
maybe she did. Maybe that's exactly how it happened. But don't you find it kind of odd um, that the eyewitnesses are saying she was taken somewhere close again to another naval base? So in this case, was this the serial killer? Was it some guys from the bar uh, who took offense because uh, he, he got his feelings hurt? Because um, you can look at her. She's a pretty girl. Yeah. And how do you know that it didn't happen that way? Or was this a serial killer and some of his buddies? I, I believe he was part of it. What makes you think that? How would he know? Where to take her? Huh? Where to take her? Where? How did he know what happened? Oh, the guy here. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely believe that. Mhm. I definitely, I definitely believe that too. So, I don't believe him coming and saying anything. He should get any special treatment. Why did you? Why do you want special treatment? You didn't afford it to her. Yeah, she she wasn't afforded anything. Nope. And I I feel like that could she be related maybe she is maybe she's not i i'm not sure but it, it i looks, believe she is looks questionable and what did you find out about um jimbo moore jr or james jimbo moore um he he was he he was um he gave the police information that he reportedly could have only known if he had been with them barbara on the night of her disappearance and he told them he would take a polygraph. But just hours after speaking with the detectives, he committed suicide outside his apartment. Yeah, he, he definitely knew something. He knew something. He was in on it. But as far as him committing suicide, I'm not sure if he committed suicide or if he was like the Clintons. People who committed suicide. Hey, I don't know. It it's just mighty questionable. So he, excuse me, he held on to that for a long time, didn't he? Yeah. So why come out now? Cause of money. Yeah, I think it might be viable to say he might have been a sad shit. Sorry, sponsors. <laughs> do what I told the sponsors I'm sorry yep um, that that looks like to me somebody who who uh, sex shit that's just I'm sorry it, it looks like um but, but, but again you know was he one of the guys in the bar did somebody just see her and say, hey, she's walking down the street. Let's pick her up. Yeah, I know. So we fast forward a little bit in time because remember that was August 23rd, 1978. Now we're back to June 9th, 1979. Yes. And there, there's got to be some kind of pattern there. There's something there. 
And that's why I keep going back to the naval thing. Okay. I know. Kind of seems that way. Yep. Marsha Estelle Remnant, and, and she disappeared, was last seen in Virginia Beach by her roommate on June 9th when she told her that she was going to visit a friend at the oceanfront. She usually got from one place to another by walking or hitchhiking. There were rumors that Marcia may have been in Florida after her disappearance, but they were never able to confirm these rumors. Marcia was only 17 years old. She had brown, she had a brown or she had either brown or green eyes, long brown hair, 5 foot 3 to 5 foot 4, about 110 pounds. A mole near near her elbow. Information about her, unfortunately, is also scarce. Um, think about it. that's the identical, almost the identical. Uh, yes, but see, they're also look at how how much you could stand them side by side. They, I bet they would almost look just alike. That's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. But she has went to to see somebody, and who is this somebody? You know, oh, just a guy I met. I know. Down it is just, it, it is so sad, though. It is very sad. Yep, it is so sad. Okay. Now, how about Alice Margaret Eskew? Well, I pulled up uh, at the Charlie Project. I pulled up Marsha there. Um, she doesn't look a whole lot like um, Barbara Jean Monaco, but she's young. She's got brown hair. I mean, she's definitely in that tight mode for sure. Definitely. Is she? Yeah. Uh, birth date was. Um, 05-07-1962 so she would have been 61 years old now hmm but again same and see if, if you've got a serial killer at work let's let's go back to my naval theory I'm interested to hear your theories but like I said in Virginia Beach you pretty much walk everywhere you know, you know it's like when we go downtown we walk everywhere yeah, okay. especially in the summer. In the summer, you walk everywhere. So, this guy or guys have a type. They like that type. He likes that type. That's what they single out. You, you think about the thought, the, the thought process. If you've got, let's let's say it's at night and you're walking from the ocean front to the bar and that's how everything is on Virginia Beach they're all right there together how quickly could a serial killer see five ten let's say between five ten women walking down the boardwalk walking down the beach walking down the sidewalks the boardwalk and all that and single one out just that quick okay how long would that take? I bet it doesn't take that long. It probably wouldn't take long. Because he's got a type. He knows. He knows what he's looking for. Yeah. 
And then, and then the other thing too is, how do you go about? And that's the psychology of it. You see your potential victim, and do you grab and run? Do you go up and engage in small talk? I mean, with 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 Marcia Remnick and Barbara Jean Monaco, both of them were going to meet somebody. Was that how it was set up? Hey, let's nice to see you, nice to meet you. Let's meet later. Maybe have a few drinks, see if we've got chemistry. Is that, Maybe. Is that how he went about it? He could have. Or were they just grand? Hmm. Just depends, I guess. He might have had some planned and some were just grabbed. I don't know. You you still hearing me okay? I am. Okay. Because uh, I weren't at one time. but I was, but I weren't. Okay. I can hear you, but it said everything sounded fine, so. Yeah, we might just had a little audio right there. But that that's, in looking at her picture on the Charlie Project, um, in any of them that you want to look at, guys, all you have to do is take their name, punch it right in Google. Google will pull up the Charlie Project or Web Sleuth or Reddit or anything like that so that you can do your own research um, and see what you can come up with. Feel free to, to do that. But that's all we really know about Marcia Estelle Remnick. There's nothing, there's really nothing else there. So. Well, uh, Miss Alice Margaret Eskew. She was extremely petite. I'm going to go ahead and get into this because she was 5'1". She's 5'1". She was and only 80 pounds. And she was similar in appearance, height, weight, hairstyle, somewhat similar facial features to Marsha Remnick. Mm -hmm. So that was creepy to start with. Very creepy. And she was last seen leaving her home. At the 3100 block of Arctic Avenue, blocks down from the street from where Beverly Christensen was murdered in her apartment in 1974. Just before dusk on Tuesday, September 4th, and walking towards Laskin Road, she never returned home. Her body was found at around 5 p.m. two days later on September 6th and several miles away in a densely wooded area of First Landing State Park, formerly called Seashore State Park, just offshore drive. She had been strangled, but the cause of death was blunt force trauma from being beaten. She was an 18-year-old white female with dark-colored eyes and long blonde hair. I'm telling you. Oh, well. She looks a lot like um, I tell remnant, you. I mean, she does. Wow, that's scary. I told you, it's scary. Yep, it? she does. That's mm. that's uh, so you know that one. That one had to be. Uh, had to be. So, you know, and I I don't know if they've he's ever I'm. I don't know, uh, but I know he's going to get his components. I hope he's, he fit not in this world. He will, his maker will mm-hmm. take care of him. So we see here 
that she lived on the 3100 block of Arctic Avenue. Mm-hmm. She literally lived blocks down the street from where Beverly Christensen was murdered in her apartment. Mm. And didn't know it. And I bet you did not know it. So, she was found several miles away, densely wooded area, first landing park. park. So, again, now we got to, to wonder, you know, where's the serial killer stay at? You know, is is he really in the Navy and out in and out? That's right. So do we go through your theory again? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it somebody that lives around here? <laughs> is it in somebody's family that's related to a lot of these people? Huh. Uh, I don't know. That's spooky. And again, very young, 18 years old. I mean, so far, the oldest person that we've seen so 24. 24 so you can take us into the next one all right so <clears throat> on december 24th 1979 so just a few months later mm. brenda joy bancroft um brenda's family last saw her on christmas eve a monday when she left her parents' home at the 4100 block of Talia Drive in Virginia Beach. She left in her 1978 orange Datsun B120 sedan and was expected home later that evening. She attended a Christmas party at Admiral Nick's. Oh. On the 8100 block of Shore Drive, which is roughly 20 minutes a 20-minute drive from her house. That area of Shore Drive that's the same street on the western end, opposite of where Alice Askew's body was found in the woods, just off the road near the eastern end. Oh, gosh. That's located in Little Creek area right next to a Navy base. <laughs> Little Creek Fort Story. Remember, I read those off. Um, yes, you did. She was presumably last seen either at at or leaving Admiral Nick's, the restaurant, and she didn't arrive home as planned. The next day, her parents became very concerned and filed a missing persons report. Several days later, on the 28th, December 28th, Brenda's mother and a friend were out looking for her near her apartment building when they saw her parked car on the 500 block of Spring Lake Crescent. Upon looking in the windows... Oh... Oh my gosh! Can you believe this? They discovered. They discovered. Go ahead. Her mom found her. Oh, Brenda's body stuffed upside down in the passenger seat dashboard, with her legs resting on the seat. She'd been strangled. Brenda was twenty years old, about five foot tall, five five tall, five foot five tall, one hundred fifty three pounds. And uh, she's one of the taller ones, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. And she had medium-length brown hair and blue eyes. Sometimes wore gla- glasses, but also had contacts. Wow. Stuffed her in her... Now, see, here's the thing. 
what we were talking about earlier is, is you know, you think about all these serial killers out that they just grab you and things like that. But look at all the Ted Bundys in the world. Mm-hmm. Look at John Wayne yep. Gacy. They smooth talked you. Mm-hmm. So, yep. did she meet somebody at Admiral Nick? At the Christmas party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the police, in, in doing any of this, did they ask for a list of everybody who attended that Christmas party? I wonder what the police did do. Did they even care? They didn't even let people know there could be a so to be on the lookout. I don't know. I, I mean, and, it, and it's possible they did. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, was the Christmas party friends? Was it her work? Work. I mean, how old was she? She was 18. She was 18. So, you know, it could have been her part-time job if she had one. Um, <clears throat> friends. Friends. You know, hey, we're going to go. You know, you're already 18. Let's go hang out. And let's, you know, things like that. And. Oh, yeah. And you get to be our age and it's hell with a Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> and, but now, you know, if we've got this list, if we've got a list of people who attended the party, can they be? You need to, I hope, that didn't do nothing. Does not sound like it. Uh, you can. But could you cross, could you cross index that? Any of you guys, any what? of you guys live on uh, Arctic Avenue? Any of you in the Navy? Makes you wonder. Yep, sure does. All right, let me get my readers back on so I can. Um, and then you're getting ready to go over the next one, which we go from 1979 to 1983. At least we have a couple, a year, 79, a couple of years. We go to August 19th, 1983 to be exact. Joanne, or possibly Joan Zwingman, I hope I said that right, and Christine Pilzak. Joanne and Christine, they were visiting Virginia Beach from New Jersey for a work-related convention and were last seen around 7 p.m. the evening of the 18th. Their bodies were found the next day floating in the Chesapeake Bay. Wow. Their cause of death for both was drowning, and they also had injuries apparently consistent with being with beatings from a boat propeller. Mm. Wow. Unix. Explicitly, their deaths were initially called an accident, despite the facts that one, neither woman was dressed for swimming, two, it is unknown how their bodies got a mile offshore, and three, no boaters had reported any passengers accidentally falling overboard or being hit by a boat that night. However, it must have been ruled a homicide sometime later. Four inches tall and 133 pounds with blue-gray eyes and blonde hair. And very little information is available. Well, you know, 
and and see the 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 mo on that so much different way different so that i don't even know if you could put that in there with that other than i don't know the age is wrong but it's not that far off no um a boat propeller i mean yeah maybe they fell in and got hit by the propeller but i that is that is I, I don't know that they could have yeah actually done i mean it was it on a boat i mean well it doesn't say they rented a boat or anything like that it just said that they were found um they were they weren't dressed for swimming um they were a full mile offshore no boaters had reported seeing any passengers falling over or hollering for help or anything like that. Maybe maybe uh, that was a moonlight stroll with two women and he pushed them over. I, I don't know. But I, I did want to touch on this. Um, from 1979 to 1983, that span of time, do you remember what we had going on around that time? The Iranian conflict. Oh, yeah. So if you were in the Navy, you weren't, you weren't here. here. Good. I'd forgot. Yeah. And that that whole conflict lasted 444 days. So that's uh, that's over a year. Um, But if you were deployed, you would have been deployed prior because of everything happening. So, again, keep going back to the Navy guy. But as as far as um, um, Joan or, or or Joanne and Christine, I'm not so sure about them. Is I I I'd like for whatever had happened to them to be solved because they deserve that. But something something yeah. seems different here. Yeah, that one to me doesn't even feel like the rest of them. Of them, mm, just feels just feels different um yeah they were older um and and you know they don't really fit either one of them does um joanne was five six 141 pounds with long brown hair because it seems like all of them had brown to black hair um but christine she she, she had blonde hair with blue eyes maybe she was not the target maybe it was joanne and she just got in the way i don't know but this one doesn't seem to fit no so you want me to do the next one you can so but this one this one right here now <laughs> this is saying that her husband could have been the her one husband could have been the one here january 25th 1985 lisa ann jolie or, or jolly Lisa was last seen alive early in the morning on Friday the 25th by her husband, who was said, uh, who she, who said she was sleeping in their apartment on the 5600 block of Barnaby Court in Virginia Beach when he left for work. He was active duty in the Navy. Mm-hmm. That's why I said that. Yeah. <laughs> when he returned home around 5 p.m. that afternoon, he found Lisa lying dead face down in the bathtub which had been filled with water she was fully clothed and had died from a combination of strangulation 
and drowning. And that sounds like the one before. Yeah, it does. But this one here, too, is a little bit different because her weight is not right. No, uh, she, not that 177 pounds is, is large, it's not. But the weight to these others is She's not way taller consistent. at five foot seven and hundred and seventy seven pounds. Um She and Christine actually look quite similar is what which is this Reddit user is saying. Which would have been the, the blonde haired, blue eyed uh victim in the last one on on the yep. on the that was found in the water. Um yep. Though Lisa was a bit taller and heavier, she and Christine actually look quite similar. Um, and there's only been one article about that. But let's let's talk about that for a minute, okay? So, you you to to hold down a hundred and seventy seven pound woman, you got to be bull strong. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but then think about it too. You got to really be strong to hold her down and run the water at the same time, or was she unconscious? But what? Why would you pick drowning her in the tub? And what would make you think you could get away with it? And the other thing that's weird in this case too. In her house, there's no sign of forced entry. Mm-hmm. None. No sign whatsoever of forced entry. So how'd you get in the house? You know, was this a lover's quarrel gone bad? Did she have, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm speculating, but I find that odd that there's no, there was really no signs of struggle. Her husband comes home and and just finds her dead. I, I question the husband in that one. Although that's eerily similar to the case right before that so now do we have a new serial killer is this just two women who took a boat ride didn't turn out well a woman whose husband may or may not have unalived her do we have the work of another serial killer who's attracted to water because you know you've got a smiley case murders who all involve water um, I know. Hmm. I don't know. What do you I, think? I, don't know. I think they're mixed in there. It could be. Could be. Could be the work of a de- different serial killer. You're getting to be at a time now. This serial killer would have to be, if he was in the Navy at this point in time, he's got to be in his twenties, maybe thirties. Um. What if he's already in jail for something else? What if he's dead? Um, and and that's because you, you got all these gaps, and they've got to be explained. But but again, this one here, yeah, I, I'm not so sure. I I find it really eerie that you have the case before that and this one. That's weird. Yeah, me too. So from January, that was uh, January 25th. Now we go to July 16th. July 16th, 1985. Raffaella G. Bryant. And you know, Lori Ann Zimmerman was also murdered on July 16th, 1977. 
Oh, okay. So, you know, was was this a, was Raphael an anniversary kill? I don't eight, know. Almost eight years later, but makes you wonder. Anyway, yeah. I'm thinking out loud. Go ahead. <laughs> it's all right. At 5.30 on Tuesday, July 16th, a call came to, into a 911 about a burning vehicle in a field on the 4100 block of First Court Road. Police and the fire department arrived minutes later and found a car. It's a green 72 Dodge Swinger with a vinyl top and Pennsylvania license plates engulfed in flames. In the passenger seat was the badly burned body of 20-year-old 20, 20 Raphaela Bryant. The car had been driven into the field and set on fire intentionally, and Raphaela had been strangled. She had last been seen around 12.20 that morning when she left work at a restaurant near the oceanfront called The Lemon Tree, located on the 18th Street and Atlantic Avenue. She was supposed to pick up her young son from a babysitter before going home, but never arrived. Her purse was found on Shore Drive, the same street that Brenda Bancroft disappeared from, and Alice Eskew's body was found near, about a mile west of Atlantic Avenue. Raffaella was white, five, five foot six, 125 pounds, with dark brown eyes and long black hair. Another case I have only found a single article about. Hmm. And there you go. We're back on track with those older um, homicides. Mm hmm. Mm -mm. And again, she's she's in the profile. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this. But she, you, so at this point, from seventy-three to eighty-five, that's that's we're we're over twelve years now. Yep, we got one on eighty-six. Yeah, this um, and I find it odd that that she. Her purse was found same street Brenda Brancoff disappeared and where Alice Eskew's body was found near. So again, you've got ties to that area yet again. So I, I think this one's definitely part of it. Yeah, I do. I do. I do too. All right, guys, as we get ready to wind this up here in just a minute, um, uh, she was last seen something time the night before at the Bayside Public Library which check this out which was across the street from the school the school that is located literally right next to Barnaby Court where Lisa Jolie had been murdered the year before how about that mm -hmm. I mean that's that's crazy yeah, that, that's the one that was murdered in the bathtub. Wow! And that's again. That's just too. So so maybe maybe it's maybe all. Maybe it is. I mean, that's just that is just the craziest thing that is literally next to it. It's right there. And and um, it looks like Roberta was twenty two. She worked in an office and frequently spent time in the. Aragonia area of Virginia Beach. 
as well as Ocean View area of Norfolk, which is the city over. Remember, I told you they were close. Mm-hmm. She was five foot three, yep. hundred thirty-four pounds, uh, long brown hair and hazel eyes, right there, right in the description. She had tattoos yep. on one arm and on her abdomen. No information has been found other than that. Mm. It's always just so sad, though. It is. Just, I hate it. I, I hate it. Yeah. I mean, it's um, it it looks like to me, and 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 I'm glad we did this podcast on this because this was fascinating. This this is absolutely fascinating. I I'd love to hear uh, our listeners' theories as. Or what they think, yes. Because yeah, I'm going with the Navy guy. I think it's the Navy guy. I think it's a Navy guy. I don't know which Navy guy. I don't know. He might be gone by now. Nobody, we've never, I think it's somebody in the in military. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure. And it might not be Navy. It could be, we're not fellas, guys, gals. We are not discriminating. You could be in the Army. You could be in the Air Force. You could be in the Marines. It does not have to be just Navy. Yeah, yeah. But that's what's there. That's a big Navy Navy area, you know. I know, but we don't want them to think we're discriminating. I'm just stating a fact. We're not discriminating. Okay. You know, but- if it was us, it would be Marine. That's what That's what we live around. We got, I know. We got but see, we, we could. We got the rest are, are Marines. We could still have something somewhere else around here because my brother, he was he was uh, Navy, but he went somewhere and was on the Air Force, but he was still in the Navy. So yeah. that's just. But there there are rumors that this could have been a college student, um, and and. You know, even starting with the September dates, you know, that's the day after Labor Day in 1979. You know, there's also been a theory that has floated around that they could have been with the circus or a fair Um, a long time ago. The circus was a big thing in Virginia, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, things like that. Um, You know, the fairs are big around here. who 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 knows? You know, um, I don't know how other states do the fair. I only know that for us, they come around between September and October. Yeah. Um, so I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's it's just crazy to me that you've got this gap from seventy nine to eighty three, and you know some of the theories are if it's a college student, maybe he graduated. Um, maybe he had family there, came in to visit. Maybe like me, I feel like he was deployed. Um, I'm not sure. Not sure. But guys, we want to thank all of y'all for listening. Oh yeah, tell this thanks for thanks for joining me and my lovely husband for this episode of Buckles Berry Lemonade. Until next time, stay safe. And never forget those who remain unsolved. Exactly. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time.